it was all about money, 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 money. And I had this envy of people around me that had more money. And so I just, I worked so hard, not because for any, it was, there was no other reason other than to make a, make a ton of money. And so I, I hit all my goals financially and it just didn't hit me. Right. And so it, it, it literally took, you know, service, service to others to make me feel a little bit fulfilled. And I've, and I've gotten to work with my group now for 16 years with, with the military. And, you know, there's, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, you know, there's, there's no correlation between making a ton of money and happiness. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an incredible guest lined up for you today. This gentleman is truly one of God's angels. He's a man who helps the men and women who fight, bleed, and die so that you and I can enjoy the fruits of liberty, live our lives, raise our families, and grow our businesses. This man helps these folks in their transition out of the military into civilian life. He helps them find ways to pursue their dreams, start businesses, get jobs once they leave the military. He is the founder of American Dream U. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Phil Randazzo. Welcome to the show, Phil. Wow, that was a great intro, and I need to I need to play that back in my head when I'm feeling down. So <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Nikki. Oh man, it's my pleasure. It's truly an honor to have you on the show, my friend. So Phil, the folks that listen to the show tend to be entrepreneurs. Uh, these people are small business owners. Many of them are coaches, many of them are consultants, trainers, many of them own companies with employees, but every single one of them has this in common. They're a hero in the sense that they're going after their dreams, they're employing people, and they're helping grow the economy. And they listen to this show because they want to learn from you. They want to be inspired by you. They want to learn what your secrets are, what your hacks are to help them take their life and their business to the next level. But in order for them to do that, the first thing they need to do is they need to connect with you. They need to fall in love with you and your story. So brother, tell us your backstory. How'd you great to be the great Phil Randazzo? <laughs> yeah. So I wish it was super interesting, but let's go for it. So born and raised in Chicago was not a great student. I'm sure a lot of your entrepreneurs are not great students. Uh, they just figure it out. So senior year, 1.8 GPA, I was uh, banned from playing sports. I thought the only reason why I went to high school was to play sports. I had no idea why they had classrooms and chalkboards. <laughs> thought all they needed was fields and gyms. So that was devastating for me. That was my first really big Besides some other stuff that happened as a kid, you know, parents got divorced early, but that was the biggest, the biggest setback of my life right there. Senior year, not able to play sports. I was relatively a decent athlete. I was going to go play college sports. Anyways, couldn't get into college, went to junior college for two years, played sports, somehow got into school. And like every junior in college, 
uh, does, they get their girlfriend pregnant because that's just that's just what you do. So that's kind of how I started my my journey was was getting my now wife of almost 28 years uh, pregnant. She happened to be the oldest of eight kids from the most religious family on the planet. They went to church every day. I didn't know church was open on Tuesdays, but wow, I learned it was. So it was a little bit of a rough go of it. But looking back again, I'm I'm sure you you've connected the dots in the past, and you're like, thank God, some of these things happened in my life because it's it's gotten to me where I'm at. So I got a, an amazing job getting out of college. It was a hundred percent commission selling life insurance because that's just an easy product to sell. And oh, so easy, so simple. Yeah, so it wasn't easy, and so I I had a, another job writing parole and probation reports in the afternoon. And then at night I delivered newspapers. My wife had a daycare in our apartment and worked at the safe key uh, at the school district. And I I came home and watched our our three-month-old while she did that. So it was, again, I wouldn't want to do it again, but it was one of those connected dots where it was just great. So I couldn't sell, Nikki. I I couldn't sell. So I, I ran into the library, picked up a book by Dan Kennedy. Now, well, I remember that in, guy. Yeah, I, this is back in the early 90s and just connected with his book and thought, wow, I need to get interested people to call me versus making 100 cold calls a day. That was just miserable. And then I got addicted to learning. I wasn't addicted to learning as a, as a kid or in high school or in college. But there was some motivation, right? It was a, it was a wife who was loving and supportive, but also like, hey, listen, we got to eat kind of a thing. And so I just, man, I couldn't get enough. It was Tony Robbins. It was Zig Ziglar, Jim Rome. I'm kind of dating myself on some of these folks, Dale Carnegie. I just couldn't get enough. And that just kind of started my journey. It wasn't a hockey stick of success at that point, but I started my journey. So started my first company in 1994 and just fell in love with being an entrepreneur. And, and the one thing I learned, Nikki, was you can't go it alone. And I tried going it alone in the beginning. And looking back, all my successes happened when I when I put the right people in the right spot. And again, it was it was a lot of struggles. So back in in 2001, of course, we all remember what happened to our country and actually to the world. And that just kind of angered me quite a bit. And you know, these young men and women, like you start off the show, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old who you know, we're not that much younger than me, we, you know, went off to fight a war because we sent them to to fight the bad guys over there. So they, they couldn't get organized and get over here. And, and I thought, man, we need to do something for these young men and women. And so in, in 2003, right after the Iraq war started, I, I just had an event. I had a, a pro-troops rally. I was tired of all the, the negative stuff. And somehow I rallied about 4,000 people to come to my office parking lot to show their support for the men and women. And it was like, wow, the light bulb went off. Like there's, there's people out there that want to help. And I know there's probably a lot of entrepreneurs out there that like, Hey, tell me what to do. And I'd, I'd love to go support the community, but it's the organization of it all. And so that just kind of got me going. And the first 10 years, we, we helped the wounded and their families. We raised about $3 million for a whole bunch of different charities. And I funded the organization myself. So there was, I'm not a veteran. And so there was no one could accuse me of, you know, making, you know, trying to make money off veterans because we didn't sell anything. And again, I had a whole bunch of ups and downs in my entrepreneurial career. And probably about, I don't know, three years ago, uh, frustrated in my day jobs, Nikki, and just, it just didn't fulfill my soul anymore. And, and I would come home and my poor wife just wanted to kind of 
do something special for me and make me a nice meal. And by the end of the day, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Nikki, but I, I, I was decisioned out. You know, when you're hungry and you're hangry, you know, you're hangry. Oh yeah. I was decision angry. I couldn't make another decision at the end of the day. And my, my sweet wife would be like, Hey, what would you like? Hamburgers, chicken. I got everything for you. I know you've been working hard for us. And I'd be like, whatever you want to make, whatever you want to make. No, no, really. I want something special. I'm like, just, I'm just hungry. Haven't eaten all day. Just do it. By the third time I would blow a casket, Nikki. I'd be like, just put effing food on the effing plate. I'm effing hungry. Don't ask me another question again. I can't make another decision. And I would just take it out of my wife. And so it's at some point my wife was like, this isn't working. Right. You're a great guy. 75% of the time, she was probably giving me credit of about 15% of being a good guy, but I can't take it anymore. And so I, I went through this journey of discovering what was going on in my, in my heart and my soul. And I love the service aspect of what I did, but what I did as an entrepreneur wasn't fulfilling anymore and it was just causing a lot of frustration. So, and here I am today, I'm, I'm much less frustrated, a lot more calm, and we can discuss some of the paths I went down with that, but I feel so much better now and I'm working on exiting the business that I don't like. I feel like I'm in a much better spot. Wow, Phil, there's a lot of richness and depth to what you just revealed to us. And let me unpack some of it with you. So 2001, September 11th, unbelievable event. It, it, it's a day that will live in infamy, very much like December 7th, 1941, almost 60 years apart. A lot of young men uh, and women uh, answer the call and they go and fight abroad to keep the terrorists from coming and bring in the fight to the homeland. And you, not being a veteran, see this and you're moved by this. And you decide that you want to do something to support the troops. So you start supporting the troops. You, you do an event initially in your parking lot, 4,000 people come to it. And then you start doing more events. You go to army bases all over the United States. And to date, you've done events for how many hundreds of thousands of people? Tons, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About 17,000, yeah, over 120 events and about 17,000 men and women just in person. That doesn't include our, our online presence. Okay, so it, it, it's a big deal. It's, it's a huge deal. So you, you've been doing this for folks, and you, you come to a spot in, 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 uh, uh, in your life where you see that what you've been doing, it's, it's not fulfilling you anymore. And God knows I run into this story all the time with folks. Uh, in fact, I just wrote a, a book about it. It's a parable. I, you know, Phil, send, send me your address by email. I'll put a copy in the mail for you. It's called The Thought Leader's Journey, and it's a parable. It's a story of a young man who's got a job. He's good at it, but he doesn't want to do it anymore, <laughs> you know, uh, yet he, he doesn't know how to take the next step. He might even be a little bit afraid, and this is the story of how he gets past all that and move, moves there. I think you might find it interesting. But um, this this brings you to a point where the frustrations even spill into your marriage. And I, I can relate to that. I mean, I'm someone who had frustrations in my own marriage. I was married uh, before, and unfortunately, I'm not uh, married anymore. My, my marriage broke up. I have a great relationship with my ex-wife. But those kinds of uh, uh, anger moments that I had were what helped destroy my marriage, you know? And many men today fall into this trap because we live in a day and age where a lot of men are lost. We don't know exactly how to be. You know, the uh, 
the world has changed in 2019. It's not the, the way it was in, in, you know, 50 years ago in 1969. And kudos to you for finding a way to keep your marriage together and make this all work. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And I look forward to your book and I'll just, I'll just order it on Amazon and, no, and man, get I'll it right away. Co- and, uh, I'll send you a copy, I, brother. I'll send you a I, copy. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll sign it for you. You'd be even better. No. All right. Deal. Deal. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm starting as, as I, uh, get more confident in in sharing my my story and and permission with my family to to do so. You know, I was just at Fort Hood, Texas last week in front of about 350 soldiers, and I can't tell you how many came up to me and go, "Damn, brother, you're in my you're in my kitchen, right? Uh, this this is happening more often than not." And so, yeah, the more people, Nikki, that you can share your story and my story, especially men, because we tend to not have good people to share our feelings with and we're men, right? We don't share our feelings, you know? brother. It's not what we do. We, <laughs> we don't. We don't. And and women are much better at that and heads off to them. So I'm excited. And, and, and just to clarify, I love what I get to do. I'm meant to share and be a teacher and bring people like you and others to to share with, with people that have some uncertainty in their lives. It's my, my day jobs that yeah, just, I, I know that. I know yeah. that. And that was yeah. that was clear. That was absolutely yeah. clear. It's your day yeah. job that we want to we want to help you make your passion, your vocation, your avocation, your vocation. And that's that that, that I think that's fantastic. Uh, let's talk about men for a sec. I had a guest on episode one ten of the podcast. His name is Stephen Mansfield, and he's a writer. He's written a lot of New York Times bestsellers, but he he wrote a book that I read called Mansfield's Book uh, of Manly Men. And basically, in it, he says that men today are lost, they don't have peer groups, and they need to be, excuse me, in a peer group with other men they trust. And he talks about how to go about finding your men. I did a a course called the Sterling Men's Weekend, which has been run by a man named uh, Justin Sterling since the late 70s, early 80s. He's had a couple hundred thousand men go through it. And in it, he talks about finding your men, the men that you can trust, not men that you can just go have a beer with or, you know, talk about the game with, but men that you can have a real, honest, serious conversation with about things that matter so that you're not left alone. And women do a very good job of having peers and and dealing with issues, and men do an absolutely terrible job. 50, 60 years ago, uh, you know, our, our parents and grandparents had that, you know, our my dad had that. Your dad had that. Your grandfather had that. My grandfather had that. But we don't have that, and we need to change that. And I've interviewed a ton of men who work in this area of serving men. So in addition to Stephen Mansfield, I had Dr. Warren Farrell on the show. He wrote the book, The Boy Crisis. He's the number one thought leader in the world on the issues boys face in the 21st century. I've had Ryan Mickler from The Order of Man on the show. He's got a, a huge following uh, uh, on social media and on Facebook. Uh, I also had Anthony uh, Johnson on. In fact, he's he, he's my guest uh, this week. His episode came out this week. He runs the 21 Conference and 21 Convention, which is a, a, a bleeding edge type of organization, uh, helping men really just discover their masculine power. It's very, very important that more men find out about this. And I think it's super important for men exiting the military because the world of the military is a fabulous world. There's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of people that you can count on and people that count on you. But when they get out into the civilian world, that's not necessarily the case, right? 
No, no, hundred percent. And by the way, I'm I'm big fans. I knew all those folks except for one. And Ryan Mishler's on our board. He's a veteran. Oh, I he's didn't spoke, know that. He's a great he has guy. Spoken for us. He's he's just a stud, and he's a he's, he's reaching a lot of people. So, yeah, you know, I had a a, a Navy SEAL, a veteran Navy SEAL, in our office not too long ago. In fact, Ryan was interviewing him here, and and we asked him, well, like, hey, what what do you miss most about the military? And he goes, oh. It's my brothers. It's my brothers and sisters. It's it's working out with them. It's in the gym with them. It's living with them. It's training with them. It's deploying with them. It's all that camaraderie. And yeah, I got some people now, but it's just not the same. It's not the same tribe. So all the work you're doing and all, and I wrote, I literally wrote down every single person that you mentioned in the books, because this is a big issue for not just the military. It's a human issue, Nick, Nikki. It's a human issue. But when you when you get these men and women who I've worked with some that have had 15, 19 deployments and they wow. just love they just love being deployed and, and being with their brothers and, and doing that kind of stuff. And then when they get home, they're Nikki from Toronto. Right. Yeah. They're not they're not wearing a uniform. They're not being thanked. They're not you know being offered to buy a, you know, a cup of coffee. They're just Nikki. And that whole identity issue is also a big thing. And again, I'm I'm going through it as well. I just turned 50. I don't know if there's like a 50 identity issue. Yeah, yeah there sure is, brother. I'm 51, so I get yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, and but but some of these guys, you know, they're they're having men and women are having these challenges when they're 27 or 28. And so so yeah, it's just man, I I, I just love I love sharing. I love. We talked about this previously, you know, before we jumped on the on the call giving them some great content. Not again, I'm not saying don't go to college, don't go to school, but you and I both know that all the great people you've interviewed and talked to, they didn't discover something in business 101 or business 301 at the university. It's all about these podcasts and books and workshops and seminars they go to. That's where all the learning happens, I believe. Yep. Again, I'm not I'm not knocking these schools. But the more content we can give them to get them excited about seeing their future, right? Not just, you know, I've been I've been working a lot with Dr. Joe Dispenza. I've been to his advanced workshop. I'm sure, going back. I know who he is. He's great. He, he's just he's great, right? He's done some work with the military in, in all, Australia, and it's like you know he's like the best way to create your future is to predict it, right? It just feel that future, and I think that's what people in transition are are really struggling with. They are, but listen, I've been involved in men's work myself, and there's a, a program that I run that I have yet to share widely with the world, but I call it Make Your Life Great Again, and it's for men who are in the same boat I was in, which is their wife left them and their fathers, right, of kids under the age of 18, and here, here's some stats that may startle you. 70% of all divorces uh, involving children are started by women, not men. Uh, and the, the, the man is absolutely devastated by it. He does not know how to cope with it. Uh, his self-esteem plummets. Many of the men become suicidal, okay? Uh, many of them kill themselves, quite frankly. Uh, many of them never recover from the blow of losing their identity as a husband and father and provider. And um, 
Many of them take years or decades to recover. And I went through a process. I had some great mentors. I hired some great uh, coaches. I was part of men's organizations and men's groups that met weekly and biweekly. And that saved me. So I put this program together and I call it Make Your Life Great Again. I borrowed from Donald Trump, Make America Great Again. You know, and basically the, the concept of this is to give these men their pride back, give them their, uh, their cojones back. Uh, and give them their their sense that they matter back so they can be better for themselves, better, frankly, for their wife or soon-to-be ex-wife, if that's what the case may be, and better for their kids. And, and it's way better to, to get through this in weeks or months versus years, decades, or never, or, you know, at, at the end of uh, suicide, right? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I need to ask you a question on that because first off, those are those are startling facts, and and I know people in that same situation. So how do you? And I'm studying this, right? So you know, there's still still things that creep up in my in my memory that brings up the emotions of what happened to me, not just yesterday, Nikki, but like ten years ago. Sure. I'm like, dude, get get over it, right? And so w- what I've learned is to kind of, and again, I'm, I'm taking this from Dr. Joe and Dr. Joseph Murphy and Neville Goddard and all these people who have been Love here. Love Neville for, Goddard. I've read tons uh, of his stuff. He's incredible. Just great, great stuff. And and Joseph Campbell and Alan Watts and all these people. And it's, you know, what, what I learned, and I know you're going to ask me some questions at the end, but what I learned was I had to forgive myself for things that I've done, you know, I, I took this, this meditation forgiveness app. It's, it's by insight timer and the, and the, the program is by Tara Branch. I don't know if you've heard of Tara Branch, but she wrote radical acceptance. Okay, I learned cool. about it. I learned about it from, uh, from being with Tim Ferriss at one of our events. And he said that was just a game changer book. And, you know, I'm thinking, Oh, I have all these people that have to, I have to forgive for doing things in my life and, you know, treating yeah. me poorly and unfairly. First you know, person is oh, yourself. Oh my gosh, when it came down to it, I was like, eh, that guy's kind of a jerk, but that was so meaningless. I had to forgive myself for not just things I, I did, Nikki, but things I thought about doing, right? And that was the biggest struggle I had in this app. And Tara really helped guide me through that and then through some meditation and some other stuff. Total, total game changer for me. You ever heard of the Hoffman process? I have heard of the Hoffman process, and so, I don't know where I've heard that from. The Hoffman process has been around since the late 60s. A man named Bob Hoffman created it. It's a worldwide organization, and I, I did it in uh, November 2016. And it, it helps you deal with all the childhood uh, mm. traumas and patterns. Everything that happened from the time you were born to the time roughly you're 13, and it, it, as it relates to your relationship with your parents, spectacular. Program, huge results. Some of the most successful people I know, my most successful mentors have done the Hoffman process. I don't, I don't have, these are big people in the world. I don't have permission from them to share this widely. If I did, I'd tell you their names, but big, big people, you know what I mean? And they all swore by it. And so I did it. I'll tell you, it has made a massive difference in my life. And Justin Sterling taught me I'm just a jerk. You know, I'm just a jerk and I got to forgive myself for that. And I got to, I got to stop being so hard on myself and everybody else. And I don't always, I don't always do this well, but I, but I do do my darndest. I do my best. And the moment I notice I'm being a jerk or the moment I notice I'm being too hard on myself and other people, I go, whoa, Nikki, baby, cut it out. <laughs> I do some pushups or some chin-ups. Get me out of my head. You know, when you get in your head, your head's a dangerous place to be by yourself, brother. 
you you just hit it right it's uh you know i went on a uh i went to a, a monk hermitage about a month ago up in big sur california and a couple speakers and a lot of people i've heard talk about it it didn't take me more than a few minutes to be my by myself without talking to really have some crazy thoughts like get me out of the straitjacket kind of a thing and and i learned through that process is we got to learn to be by ourselves right with no background noise, you know, not with the TV going, not with the pop. We just got to sit with our own thoughts. And that's a scary, that's a scary process for people. So yeah, I would, I'm excited about all these tools. I'm, I'm literally already on my second page of notes, uh, just from, just from talking to you. And and I hope your audience, uh, you know, takes a look at these things because that's a big problem. And, and by the way, it's okay to not be okay, right? Find somebody that you can share with and just relate to them. And, and you know, I, I shot you an email uh, just before this. You probably haven't looked at it yet, but you never know who you're going to run into that just needs to hear a little part of your story to let them know it's okay. Right. And I'm sure you've done that hundreds of times. Brother, I've had people tell me that before we talked uh, and they got a bit of hope, they were, they were thinking about killing themselves. Mm. I, I mean, that's a trip, you know, to hear that. Uh, but I was grateful. I said, God, really, I thank you for letting me be somebody who helps somebody. And, and I'm not worthy because <laughs> honestly I'm not, but I'm glad that whatever I have to say made that person, uh, want to keep going. You, you know, um, I've had a few close friends of mine take their own lives and, uh, I've often thought to myself, what if, what if, what if I had been more present to them? What if I'd been more aware? But the truth of the matter is they did what they did for the reasons that they did it. And every day my job, Phil, and your job is to find people that are hurting, that are suffering, and to uh, help alleviate their suffering. In, inside our community and the work we do with entrepreneurs, here's what we say. You are a child of God. You were put here on this earth for a mighty purpose. God doesn't make junk, and he sure as heck didn't start with you. And you're here to help other human beings get out of their suffering. And you do that with the work you do with American Dream U. And, and I'd like to see you do that, you know, in addition to this philanthropic work that you do, have, have programs for folks that are uh, monetizable and commercial as well. Because I believe that when you do that, you're going to be able to reach some people who have some very specific goals they want to reach that, that, that requires more than being inspired by a talk. You know what I mean? That requires some ongoing help. And that, that means that they need to make some commitments and you need to make some commitments. And those commitments are good because they're going to help everybody. You, you know what I'm saying, Phil? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and your, your, your advice to your entrepreneurial audience is just spot on. You know, it's – I was – Man, I don't know if I'm allowed to say or not, but I was such <laughs> I may need such, to blape that out. <laughs> yeah, I was such a jerk. I was just, it was all about money, 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 money. And I had this envy of people around me that had more money. And so I just, I worked so hard, not because for any, it was, any, there was no other reason other than to make a, make a ton of money. And so I, I hit all my goals financially and it just didn't hit me. Right. And so it, it, it literally took you know, service, service to others to make me feel 
a little bit fulfilled and I've, and I've gotten to work with my group now for 16 years with, with the military. And, you know, there's, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, you know, there's, there's no correlation between making a ton of money and happiness. I no. Once your basic needs are met, actually, uh, happiness and money don't have a ton of correlation. They really don't. And, and I've gotten to deal with, you've, you've seen the list of speakers I've gotten to hang out with and they're just all awesome. Some of them are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Even, you know, we have a handful of billionaires that have spoken, you know, I've met some really, really successful people that are just not happy. You know, I spent two, three days with them and you could just see it. You could just see they're not, they're not happy. And you would think, you would think you see them on, on the news, you see them. I mean, they're just super successful. They're on dozens of podcasts and, and I would never call anyone out, but they're just not, they're just not happy folks. So finding something that really feeds your soul um, that you can gain energy from is just so important. And, and I think that's the work you're doing is great. Thank you, Phil. I greatly appreciate it. it finding that which feeds your soul is a brilliant phrase. And every man, every woman needs to find that which feeds his or her soul. Because if they don't, they're going to live a life that they're going to regret. They're going to live a life that was not the life that they imagined. And unfortunately, we live in an age where even though the opportunities are greater than ever, you, you really can be anything you want to be. And success is all around us. There are 10 million millionaires in the United States. Phil, that's insane. 10 million millionaires. And there are some studies I've seen that say that by 2030, we could have 23 million millionaires in the United States. Mm. Phil, that's almost six, 7% of the population. Yeah. You know, and that means that opportunity is all around us. The other day, I, I took a look at the Bureau of Labor Statistics employment stats. So employment right now in the United States is 96.4%. So unemployment is 3.6%. That's historic. It hasn't been this good since 1969. If you're a minority, if you're African-American or Hispanic or Asian, you know, I'm from the Middle East originally, unemployment is at its lowest point in history. That means employment in these communities are at the highest point in history. Phil, that blows me away. Absolutely blows me away. That tells me that anybody, and I mean anybody who wants to work right now, either for someone else or for themselves, can do it. There's nothing getting in your way. You know, uh, a lot of people, this isn't a politically correct thing to say, but but you got a billionaire entrepreneur running the economy. And, you know, whatever else you want to say about him, you can't deny the economy is humming, Right. Uh, 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 under a billionaire entrepreneur. And because of that, you can do whatever you want to do. Yet people feel so empty inside. They feel lost. And they feel like it's not possible for them. And that's why the work that you do with American Dream U is so necessary and so important. I I appreciate that. And and again, you're 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 spot on with with all these stats and opportunities out there, right? I mean, 
Listen, you're you're an immigrant. My father came over to this country after after World War II from Sicily, and he created. He didn't even finish high school. He ended up going straight to college as a as a 15 year old. He was a smart guy, and I and I truly think, and I, I'm sure you know the stats on this, that immigrants who come to this country and they just kiss the ground when they get over here, they appreciate what this country has to offer, and they work just as hard, if not harder, than anyone else. Because they know they can be yeah. successful here. The rate of business formation among first-generation immigrants, right, is four times that of native-born. Mm. Four times. Wow. Uh, and for all the reasons that you just stated. So it, yeah. the opportunities are crazy. I, I See, I like working with immigrants and I like working with folks from the military because these folks get it. They want it. They're hungry for it. And you know, I've had the privilege in my uh, career of helping uh, five men and women make a uh, million dollars a year, right? Mm. My vision is to help a thousand do it, right? Wow. That, that's my goal. So I got a ways to go. But the thing that I can tell you is I'm so much more excited about helping somebody who's just starting out and is hungry become a millionaire for the first time than I'm help, about helping, you know, a multimillionaire become a billionaire. I mean, listen, I'll help anybody. Don't get me wrong. If they they want my help, they ask for my help, and and they're good people, I'll help them out. But it's so much more rewarding to see somebody do it for the first time. Because to me, that's the hardest thing to do in the world. Hardest thing to do in business is go from zero to millionaire. It's a lot easier to go from multimillionaire to billionaire. Right, right. Well, and you're right. They They have to want it. You know, I, I'm so tired, Nikki, uh, and I know a lot of these people, and you know a lot of these people, right? You turn on YouTube and it's like, hey, come into my house, and I'm going to buy one of these Bentleys today, oh. and help me pick which one. And, and I know some of these people, and they're broke, right? They've never, they've never done, they've never done it, right? They're just selling something that they haven't done, and that's where they're kind of generating their revenue from. But you're right, man. Immigrants and and veterans. And hungry people who just like, hey, listen, I trust you, Nikki. I know you. You've created um, a handful of people that generate a million dollars a year in income, and which is huge. That's a game changer for them. It just is. tell me, tell me how to cut in line at the cafeteria so I can avoid all the frustrations, all the weight. Just tell me what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And do it. And that's and that's why I love working with the military. They're like, hey, they understand procedures and they understand waking up early and accomplishing things and working well with teams. So they get all that. They just need a good structure to follow. And that's some of the stuff that we provide for them. Yeah, you got you guys do amazing stuff for people. And what you're doing with your with your with your programs is great. I think it's phenomenal. One of the things that I can tell you, you've created what I call thought leadership for yourself, right? Because American Dream U has you stand out, right? You're one of three organizations allowed on military bases. That's insane, right? And what you do is you're known for something. So an expert, someone who knows something, right? One of my mentors said this, his name's Matt Church, but a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. You're Mm. known for knowing how to help folks in the military transition successfully into the civilian world, in the business world. That is powerful. That is valuable. That's something that can be turned into not just the most fulfilling thing that you could ever possibly do with your life, but could be turned into a very beautiful and lucrative business that could more than replace anything else you've ever done. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I appreciate that. And and we talked last week on that when I was in Texas and, you know, I've never, you know, it's interesting. I was, I was listening to, um, Howard Stern and he's got a new book coming out and he was talking to one of his, one of his employees who happened to be a veteran. And the veteran basically said, Hey, you know, the reason why I get up at four in the morning is because of the paycheck. And he went, Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what this is about. Right. He goes, I started off in this business making 96 bucks a week and I just did it because I wanted my voice heard and I love being on the radio. You know, you better find something that you feel fulfilled to do because if you just come in for the money, it's not going to happen. Now, again, Howard Stern's, I imagine he's worth well over a billion dollars right now, you know, as a, as a DJ and he didn't do it. He didn't start for the money, right? He just wanted to be heard and, and he just loved being on the radio. And so I always encourage people. Now, again, there's, there's hobbies and then there are things that you can monetize and make money on. I'm all for the hobbies, but you got to kind of, you got to kind of pick. And I'm sure that's what your program does is you help people pick what's, what's a hobby and what's actual business. 100%. Man, if you could, if you could combine something that you get excited about waking up for and making a ton of money, and if you have a good heart, you're going to take that ton of money and do even more good for your community and for your family. Oh, What a combination. Truly what a combination. It's it's important, it's uh, necessary, it's needed. The world needs you to be sharing your gifts. The world doesn't need you to be hiding your light under a bushel. Mm. You know? Well said. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Phil, yeah. I've really been enjoying this conversation, man. We could talk and talk, and I'd definitely like you to come back. I think uh, you have a lot of uh, value to add to my listener, and what you have to share is important. They need to hear it. And, and, and listen, they can bring this to the veteran community, and I think that's important as well. So um, let's make sure that we, uh, we have this be the first of many appearances on your part, my friend. Oh, I appreciate it. I, uh, this is great. No, 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 absolutely. So we end off each of our podcast episodes by asking you, our guests, to share with our audience your top three expert action steps that will help them take their business or their life to the next level. What say you, my friend? All right. Number one, and I shared this with uh, my good friend, Joe DeSena, the founder of Spartan Race. And he looked at me perplexed when I said this, but then I believe he implemented it. It's it's own your morning to the point where if you're an entrepreneur, you tell your team and your staff, hey, no phone calls, no meetings until eight o'clock, nine o'clock, whatever that time is, 10 o'clock, so that you could have time to work on yourself and then the rest of the day you're serving. So my suggestion would be is to just to own your morning and find a good solid routine, whether it's exercise, meditation, drinking water, cold plunges, cold showers, whatever the case may be, own your morning. Number two, quickly recover, and it's interesting that you said this, quickly recover from something that affects you emotionally, whether something gets you upset, uh, you feel like you've been betrayed or a thought that you have quickly get over that because if you let that linger, it becomes a mood, then it becomes a, a personality trait. And then all of a sudden, you know, this thing is in, ingrained in you. So quickly recover and notice your thoughts. And you already hit on that. So you're just spot on on that. And then, and then the last thing I, I would say to these entrepreneurs is give yourself and your team some time 
to serve the community and, and do it for the right reasons, whether that's mentor a kid who doesn't have a father. And we talked a little bit about this with, you know, men have a higher rate of incidence of divorce when they don't have a father in their life or mentoring a, a, a veteran or someone getting out of the military or just going down to the retirement home and just talking to some of the people elderly that might get one or two visitors a year and just chat with them. What wisdom could you learn from some of these these people who have lived 80, 90, 100 years? So again, I have a, I have a, I have a bigger list, but I think those three have been a huge game changer for me. Phil, those are fantastic expert action steps. I love them. How can folks get involved with helping spread the good word for American Dream U? So you can go to the website. We have we have some content on there. They could they could share if they know some veterans or people in the military. If they could just share the website. Again, we have a whole bunch of free free classes. We're working right now with I don't know if you're familiar with Greg McHugh, and he wrote a book called The Essentialism, and he's been working with us. He's a speaker. We're going to be doing these these quarterly offsites. Uh, at different locations at military bases. And we want entrepreneurs to be involved in that so they can kind of share some thoughts and their wisdom and their leadership with some people in the military. So we're going to be announcing that here very shortly, hopefully by the time this podcast airs. So yeah, just get out and, and then just just talk to a veteran or someone in the military and just tell them you appreciate them. And, you know, and then if they want to continue a conversation, just listen you know, they're going to be a civilian soon and, and they're going to want to be able to communicate well. So just just listen. I think we've done a horrible job as humans being listeners. And I know I was a horrible listener and I'm getting better at it. Uh, you know what? A hundred percent agrees, especially as a man. Um, I, I uh, make a point of being a better listener uh, all the time. Uh, there's no question that listening is a uh, underutilized and underappreciated skill in this day and age. Uh, so, Phil, thank you for sharing uh, that. I think that's fantastic. Listener, Phil Randazzo is the real deal. What he's doing is God's work. He's one of God's angels. Make sure that you go to the website. Uh, all that information is going to be in the show notes. Take advantage of it and make sure that you spread the good word. And uh, let's make sure that more and more people, men and women, who serve our country in the cause of freedom, and when they transition out of the military to come join the rest of us in civilian life so they can enjoy the fruits of their sacrifices, know that you care, know that you appreciate them, and uh, have access to all the incredible resources that American Dream U makes available to them. Uh, and listener, if you're listening to this and you're wondering to yourself, wow, can I be like Phil? Can I get out there and share my life's purpose and make it my life's work? The answer is yes. And the best way for you to figure this out is to go to our website, ecircleacademy.com, and go to a button in the top right-hand corner that says schedule a success call and jump on a phone call with me. And what we'll do is we'll help examine what your expertise is. We'll help you figure out what your purpose is. We'll take a look at what's been getting in the way of you manifesting this and monetizing this so that you can do this and, and, and live life as the best version of yourself. So don't delay. Make sure that you do that now. Phil, my man, thank you so much, brother. Honor to have you awesome. on the show. Yeah. God bless yeah you. I, I, can't, I can't wait to have off, off conversations with you about all this stuff because 
you generated a whole bunch of questions for me and a whole bunch of things I need to think about, and I'm sure you did that for your audience as well. Oh, God bless you, man. God bless you. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's unbelievable guest, the incredible Phil Randazzo, make sure you go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, go to the show notes, and to jump on a call with myself, go to eastercoldacademy.com forward slash appointment or go to the button in the top right-hand corner that says, book your success call now and book your success call now. Until next time, goodbye.